What's up, guys? Welcome to the Engage JSU podcast. We are an on-campus ministry here at Jacksonville State University. We want to see God's kingdom come here at JSU as it is in heaven. What up, peeps? How y'all doing tonight? Hey, great to be with you. I feel like it's been forever since we hung out. Hope you guys had a good fall break. Nice. Well, if you have your Bibles, we'll be in Matthew 15. So feel free to open those up or turn those on. We'll be hanging out in Matthew chapter 15 tonight as we start a new series. A series called The Art of Saying No. And so I'm really excited about this series. I actually started working on this back in the summer. And so I'm glad now I can finally hang out with you guys and we can spend some time talking about this. And so, so tonight is really just going to be an intro message to this series, talking about what it's going to be about and what you guys can expect to learn as we kind of walk through it. And so Matthew chapter 15, that's going to help us do that. So again, if you have your Bibles, feel free to open those up, turn those on. If you don't, that's okay. We have the verses on the screen for you so you can track along with us there. But the Art of Saying Now, that's the series that we're starting tonight. So when I was in high school, I dated a girl that was crazy rich. I mean, crazy rich. Like one time, we were about to go out on a date, and her dad just like pulled out his wallet, opened it up, and just gave me a $100 bill. I mean, like it was nothing. So you better believe your boy took her to McDonald's that night and kept the change. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm not that heartless. Um, but yeah, she was just, just a crazy wealthy family. So no surprise, they had a really large lake house, and so one weekend, they invited me to go and to hang out with them. And one thing that this family loved to do when they went to this lake is to water ski and wakeboard, right? Two things I have never done in my life. But when we were on this trip, my girlfriend wanted me to try wakeboarding out. And honestly, I really didn't want to do it. See, I'm like the opposite of an adrenaline junkie. Like, I just don't get, you know, thrills by doing stuff that even, even like wakeboarding, that's a little bit too adventurous for me. Probably the dangerous thing I've ever done in my life was go down Goliath at Six Flags, right? <laughs> hey, you laugh, but I'm telling you, that first drop, that's no joke. That's no joke. So even something as simple as wakeboarding did not sound like much fun to me. But of course, I wasn't going to be that guy right? He, he was too scared to try it out. You know, I wanted to impress this girl. So even though I really wanted to say no to her, I said yes, and then I would do it. So, so we, we get out on the boat one afternoon, and they decide to be nice and let the new guy go last. And so they're out on the water, and they're doing all their things, and I'm just, I'm watching, and I'm just waiting, and just every time it gets close to being my turn, I'm just getting more and more nervous, right? You know, in the back of my mind, I'm just hoping, like, maybe something happens that keeps me from having to go out on this water. Like, like maybe the, the boat breaks down, or they run out of gas, or, like, Jesus comes back, right? Just, like, something. <laughs> like, just something to keep me from doing this. Uh, but unfortunately, after about an hour of everybody in this family just proving that they were a lot better than me, it was my turn to go. So I, I put on the wakeboard. I get in the water, and I'm just kind of floating there. I'm, I'm holding on to the rope, and I'm just ready to go. And as I'm out there, her brother yells out to me, says, hey, make sure when you start to go that you bend your knees. I'm sure. That's fine. I, I can do that. But here's the thing. 
this guy forgot to tell me that I was also supposed to bend my arms. And so, and so, man, this boat starts to go. Like, her dad was not playing around. Like, maybe he didn't like me and he was trying to get rid of me, but, like, he just, like, takes off on this boat. And so my knees are bent, but my arms are straight. And so when he starts to go, it jerks me so much, it dislocates my left shoulder. So here I was, right, trying to impress this girl. And before I could even get in the air, I had managed to injure myself, right? That's, that's the, level, the level of patheticness that, that we're dealing with. Now, the good news was my shoulder ended up just going right back into the socket, so it was a fine. I wasn't a big deal. I was okay. Uh, the bad news was is I obviously did not impress her, but because I refused to say no, I just ended up looking like a complete idiot that day. Here's why I tell you that story. Because I know every single person in the room can relate to my situation. Because all of us have been in these situations where we want to say no to something, but we say yes anyways, right? Like maybe your parents want you to come home for the weekend because they've only seen you like once since move-in day. And so even though you really rather stay here and go to the game and do some other stuff, you feel bad, so you decide to go home anyways. Or your friends tell you they're going to do a midnight run to Waffle House and you really just want to go to bed because you have a test in the morning, but you decide to tag along anyways. All right, now some of you in this room, you have a boyfriend and a girlfriend who's already asked you to go to see the new Star Wars that's coming out in December, right? That's right. And so you said you'll go with them, even though if, if you're honest, you'd rather swim in a pool of sulfuric acid than be there. Right? Because all you know about this movie is that the, that small little green guy who talks backwards isn't going to be in it. Right? And at this point, you're way too afraid to ask why. <laughs> right? So we, we, we all get this. Right? We've all been in these different situations. Like me in high school, we've been in these situations where we really want to say no, but we say yes to something anyways. And see, in the passage that we're looking at tonight, in the story that we're looking at tonight, we see Jesus finds himself in a similar situation like the ones that we've been talking about. Right? A situation where somebody comes to him and they want him to say yes. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at this story, we're going to see what this person wants, how Jesus responds, and then what we can learn from it. So let's begin looking in Matthew chapter 15, Starting with verse 21. It says, Then Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. So Jesus is traveling through this district. And so this local lady shows up. And what Matthew tells us is that she's a, she is a Canaanite woman. And so what that means is that this lady, she's not Jewish. She doesn't worship Yahweh. She doesn't follow the teachings of the Old Testament. She's not Jewish. She's a Canaanite. Right? And very quickly, she tells Jesus why she's here, why she's found him. And it's because she has a little girl who's being controlled by a demon. Now, if we're honest, when we hear this problem that this mom is walking through, it, there's kind of a disconnect for us, Right? 
because we just don't see a lot of demon-possessed people walking around in our lives today. So let's, let, me, let me ask you to do this as a way to help you just connect with how this mom feels in this story. I want you to think about somebody that you love. Right? It can be a friend, it can be a boyfriend, it can be a parent, it can be a sibling, just somebody that you just have a deep, deep love for. I want you to think about that person. And now I want you to imagine, this is, this is about to get dark, I want you to imagine this person being tortured. Right? I mean, just screaming out in pain, being tortured right in front of your eyes, and there's nothing that you can do to stop it. Because that is what is happening in this situation. Because this demonic creature that is living inside of this girl, that's what it's doing. Right? It's not just hanging out there because it wants her to talk in this weird, deep voice. Right? I mean, it is here because it has a goal. And that goal is to torture this child with ultimately the goal of trying to kill her. I mean, that's what's happening here. So you can imagine this mom is in a horrifying situation. I mean, she is literally living a nightmare because her daughter is being tormented by this demon and she's forced to just kind of watch it happen. And so no doubt she has tried everything to try to get this demon out. So many different things and nothing has worked. But see, now she's heard about this guy who's coming to her town. This Jewish miracle worker. And rumor has it, all this guy has to do is speak and demons run away like a frightened child. And so this mom hears about this and she realizes this is her chance. This is her last chance to get her daughter back. And so she waits around, and then finally when Jesus comes to this town, she walks up to him, and she plays this situation perfect. Right? Because the first thing she does is she appeals to Jesus' heart by asking him to show her mercy on behalf of her helpless little girl. And then she decides to show him respect. She decides to call him both Lord and Son of David, right? Even though this is a Canaanite woman, she uses two honorable Jewish titles here. She calls Jesus Lord and Son of David. And by calling him the Son of David, she was actually acknowledging that he really was the Messiah of Israel. That's a big deal for this girl. And to even emphasize more how desperate she is, According to the Greek, when it says crying out, that means that she was doing it over and over and over again. I mean, she's doing everything right. So what this looks like is just another great story where Jesus helps somebody in need. Right? Another story where he just steps up to the plate and shows everybody that he really is the Son of God. Until we read this. In verse 23 it says, But he did not answer her a word. Okay, okay, okay. Cool, 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 cool. So um, definitely not what we expect from the Savior of the world, right? I mean, this mom shows up, and she's just really wanting Jesus to help her out, and he decides to give her the cold shoulder. So let's keep reading, right? Maybe things get better, so let's keep going. So it says, and his disciples came and begged him, saying, send her away, for she is crying out after us. Okay, this makes sense right? Jesus is trying to teach his disciples a lesson, right? She comes up to him. She starts asking for something. Jesus remains silent. So 
the disciples say something, and now Jesus is going to step up and go to her defense, right? He's going to step up and say something profound. He's going to say something heroic about how they don't need to look at this girl as an obligation, but instead they need to see her as an opportunity, right? And things seem like they're getting better. And then we see in verse 24, he answered, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So nope, definitely, definitely not, not a better response. Nothing's getting better right now, right? Because instead of going to this girl's defense, right, instead of teaching his disciples a lesson, basically what Jesus says to them and to this woman, because she's standing around, is he says, look, I didn't come for people like her. Right? I didn't come for this Canaanite woman. He said, I came for the Jews, for, for my people. And that's what Jesus is saying to her here. So when Jesus finally responds to this mom who was crying out for help because her daughter is suffering, Jesus is like, nah, I'm good. I'm fine. And that's what's happening here. Now this mom, she decides she's not taking no for an answer. And so she decides to take it up a notch. And so she gets in front of Jesus she gets down on her knees, which, by the way, in this day was an act of worship. And she pleads with him again to help her out. We see that in verse 25. It says, but she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. I mean, just, just do something. Just help me out. And in verse 26, Jesus says this to her. And he answered, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. I mean, guys, what is happening here? I mean, this is crazy. I mean, this mother has been nothing but kind and polite to Jesus. And once again, she is asking him to help her out, just asking him to do something. And he just reiterates what he's already said to her. That he came for the children of Israel. And then as he does it, he calls her a dog. I mean, this is crazy. Because this woman has been so respectful to Jesus. And it's not like she is asking him to do something that's any kind of inconvenience. Right? Jesus can just speak and things happen. This isn't a challenge to him at all. So what this means is that Jesus is choosing in this moment not to help her. Jesus is choosing to say no. So multiple times he tells this mother who is begging and pleading with him that he won't help her suffering demon-possessed daughter. And let's be real, this passage makes us feel really uncomfortable. Because we don't like how Jesus is acting here. Because if we're honest, he really just kind of looks like a racist jerk. Because what Jesus is doing in this situation, we would never do. If we were in Jesus' shoes, we would not be doing what he is doing. Because what he is doing, he is telling this mom no. He's saying he's not doing it. He is telling her no. And that is so strange to us. 
Because we have a totally different mindset than Jesus does in this passage, right? A totally different mindset. Right? We have this mindset that says that we need to say yes to people. Right? At, at all possible cost, we need to say yes to people. Right? That's what we pointed out earlier. I mean, we'll say yes to people even when we don't want to. Right? I'll get my shoulder pulled out of the socket before I tell my girlfriend no. We feel this constant pressure in our lives to say yes. We all feel this. And here's why. Here's why we feel this pressure. We feel like that we need to say yes because we fear what will happen if we say no. Right, just think about it. Think about the different things that we've talked about, the different examples that we used earlier on. Right, we fear that if we don't hang out with our friends, we're going to miss out on a really fun time only to regret it later. So we say yes to go into Waffle House instead of going to bed. Or we're scared that we're going to disappoint our parents if we don't go home when we visit them. And so we'll reluctantly cancel all the fun plans that we have for a weekend just to go do it, even though we don't really want to. And because we worry about the conflict that we're going to bring into our dating relationship, we'll go see that movie we don't want to see. Because we want to avoid them giving us the silent treatment or having the dreadful, we never do what I want to do conversation. Right? For those and for, for other reasons, we find ourselves constantly saying yes because of the simple reality that we're afraid to say no. We don't want to say it. We fear the conflict and the disappointment and the missing out that we're going to bring upon ourselves if we say it. And see, because we're afraid to say no, that's why what Jesus does here seems so cold to us. Because again, we would never do what Jesus is doing here. But see, even though we feel this pressure to constantly say yes, Jesus doesn't. Right? And even though in our lives we find ourselves feeling like we would have helped this woman if we were in her situation, Jesus decides not to. Because see, unlike us, Jesus doesn't avoid conflict. See, unlike us, Jesus isn't concerned about missing out on something. And Jesus isn't even worried about disappointing this desperate mom. And it's because Jesus understands that something so much bigger is happening here. So much bigger. Because after Jesus tells her that it's not right for her to, her to eat the bread because it's supposed to be for the children, listen to how this woman responds. This is what we see verse 27. It says, she said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And then notice what Jesus says after that. Then Jesus answered her, oh woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. See, when we get to the end of this passage, we finally see what Jesus has been doing this whole time. We see that he isn't being a jerk and he's definitely not being racist. Instead, Jesus tells this woman no at first 
because his no had a purpose. And that purpose was to grow this woman's faith. Because even though Jesus is being resistant, man, this girl continues to be persistent. And she continues to push. She continues to beg. And she continues to believe. Believing that Jesus really can help her daughter. And so because this mom refuses to back down, her faith gets stronger and stronger. And eventually we see how strong it gets and how much it grows when she gives this crazy, witty response to Jesus. Right After Jesus tells her no, right, because he is Israel's Messiah, right, he came to feed the children. I mean, she responds back and says, you know what, you're right. But, but I believe that your blessings are so great that they're even going to overflow into everybody else, including somebody like me. And she's exactly right. And we know that, and Jesus knew that. Because how this woman responds is exactly how Jesus wanted her to. Right? Because she didn't leave, because she refused to walk away, in this moment, she became stronger and stronger in her faith, and she continued to believe that Jesus could do what she knew Jesus could do. And so her faith grew. And once his no, once Jesus' no accomplished its purpose, then he was able to give her what she wanted. You see, this is why Jesus isn't like us. Right? He isn't afraid to say no because his no has a purpose. And in this story, that purpose was to shape this woman's heart into his. And so what that means for us tonight is if we want to learn the art of saying no, we have to realize that our no has a purpose. Right? I mean, so often when we tell people yes, it's because we don't really feel like we have a good reason to say no. Right? Our no doesn't have a purpose. And so we'll just say yes to people in order to avoid conflict, in order to avoid you know, things getting weird in order to avoid disappointment or missing out or whatever, right? We'll just say no, or excuse me, we'll say yes because we want to avoid those things. But see, some of you here tonight, in fact, I would probably say a lot of you here tonight, I mean, the reason you're experiencing so much stress in your life, so much anxiety, and even so much happiness, or excuse me, so much unhappiness, is because of your inability to say no. Right? We think that saying yes is how we can solve our problems, but it's not. Right? Because you're afraid to say no, you are drowning in schoolwork. Because you keep saying yes to hanging out instead of getting your assignments done. Right? Some of you in this room, you're struggling in your relationship with Jesus. Because no matter how hard you try, you keep saying yes when that temptation shows up. And others of you in this room, you are so overwhelmed 
because your schedule is so busy, because you've said yes to so many different things, and now you have no idea how you're going to get them all done. No idea. See, we think saying yes solves our problem, but it doesn't. Instead, so many of us are walking around with these unwanted emotions that we deal with on a daily basis because we can't stop saying it. Even when we want to. And that's because we don't know the art of saying no. But as we see in this passage, Jesus does. Jesus does know how to say this. And so we, if we want to avoid a lot of stress and anxiety and unhappiness, we need to learn how to say it too. Because being more like Jesus means learning to say no. And so that's what we're going to do in this series. We're going to learn how to say no. We're going to look at so many things that we usually say yes to and learn how we can say no to them. Things like being busy or temptation, or even doubt. And each week we look at these different things. What we're going to do is we're going to see the purpose behind our no. We're going to see the reason why we can say it. And as we do this, as we learn to say no to so many things we usually say yes to, just like the woman in this story, Jesus is going to grow our faith. He's going to grow our faith as we learn to trust him, even when saying no causes conflict or disappointment or for us to miss out on something. And as Jesus grows our faith, what we're going to see is that when we say no to one thing, it allows us to say yes to something else. Because when your no has a purpose, your yes has meaning. I mean, think about what's going on in the story. Right? Jesus' no had a purpose. So he tells this mom no. But think about how much more his yes meant later when he finally said it. So much more than it would have if he said it right away, right? So much more than it would have if he would have healed her daughter instantly. Right? Because Jesus originally says no to this mom, his yes meant so much more later. And so what we're going to see is that when your no has a purpose, then your yes starts to mean something. It starts to have more value. It starts to have more weight. People start to respect it more because you're not just saying it all the time. Because even though you're afraid to say no, what we can learn from Jesus in this passage is if you never say no, your yes means nothing. And we want your yes to mean something. And so we're going to learn the art of saying no. We're going to learn to be more like Jesus. So we're going to look at things that we usually say yes to, and we're going to learn how we can say no to them, how we can have a purpose behind our no. And through that, we're going to grow our faith. So I'm so excited about this series, so excited about it. So, so as we begin to wrap up, here's my challenge for you. Here's my challenge as we start off on this series, as we really start to dive into this next week, my challenge for you is to make the decision tonight to learn the art of saying no. 
to make the decision tonight to be more like Jesus. Because again, remember, learning to say no means learning to be more like Jesus. So make that decision now, even if saying no brings conflict and brings disappointment and brings missing out, and even in situations where you feel like you can't do it, make the decision tonight to learn to say no. Make the decision tonight to be more like Jesus. Because throughout this series, what I want us to do is I want us to learn the art of saying no. Because again, if you never say no, your yes means nothing. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this night. Thank you so much for this opportunity that we have to learn about Jesus. Now he does something here that God, honestly, we're not very good at. He can say no to even a mom who has a suffering daughter because his no has a purpose. And so my prayer tonight, God, is that we would make the decision to learn to be more like Jesus. That right now as we sing this song that we'll sing about being more like Jesus and that tonight, God, we'll walk away from this place with a deeper love for you and a deeper desire to look more like your son. God, may we learn how to say no for our good, but most importantly, for your glory. And so I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.